0: Listening to Vet Candy. Hey all, this is Dr. Jill Lopez. You may know me as the founder of Vet Candy, but do you know why I started Vet Candy? Simply put, it's because of people like you. I love that in our profession, there's always somebody new to meet. I'm really passionate about meeting new people and sharing their stories. And I consider myself fortunate to work in a field that is full of the coolest people on the planet. And that's why I created 21 Questions, to share their stories. With 21 Questions, we take a deep dive into interesting stories and topics. We talk with others in a free formed, wide open, relaxed conversation to not only have some laughs, but maybe to inspire some people along the way. Are you ready to get started? I am, let's go. In the vibrant and ever-involving landscape of veterinary medicine, Dr. Melinda McCall stands out as a beacon of inspiration and resilience. Her compelling story, intricately woven in the pages of her book, Driving Home Naked, transcends the ordinary, offering a raw and honest glimpse into the life of a woman who has defied odds and shattered ceilings in a field once dominated by men. I am so excited, listeners, to introduce you today, my very, very special guest, Dr. Melinda McCall. Welcome to the show, Dr. Melinda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so nice talking to someone I can understand, like nobody can understand me, and I love a beautiful country accent. And I'm up in the Northeast, and people think I'm from England. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Do you ever get it where they think you're from England? If you go
1: outside, they think I am from everywhere under the sun. That's what's funny. I just sold the audiobook rights, so an audiobook company made an audiobook of this, and they were having one heck of a hard time finding a voice actress who could do my accent because they were like, "Where are you from?" And I so I was trying to explain it to.
0: I get where you're from at least once a week. When I'm out and about, people are like, where are you from? They want me to talk for them. Are you from England? Are you from someone asked me if I was from Ireland once? And I'm like, I'm from West Virginia. This is how we all talk. But in West Virginia, you guys in Virginia are real classy because you guys have a southern accent, but it's it's like slowed down and calm. We speak really fast because like nobody wants to listen to what we have to say. So we have to say it real fast.
1: We have to repeat it 10 times so they can figure out what we said. But, you know, I think they think stupid because we talk slow, too. And I'm like, no, we are not stupid. We just talk slow. We just talk slow.
0: So you can catch up with us. But then I went to like, I always thought I was from the South until I went to school at Tuskegee and I was in Alabama. I had no idea what they were talking about. I couldn't even understand them. Some of the people like from Alabama, they really have a heavy accent. I wish they had captions I could put on because I had no idea. And then they were calling me like they thought I was from the north. To them, I was from New York City. But I've always thought I was a southern person. And I'm not when you go down south. In the north, I'm southern. In the south, I'm northern. But I love your book. I love your book. I read it. Actually, the first time I talked to you, I hadn't read the whole thing. I just sort of skimmed over it. But then I read the whole thing. Oh, my God. I love it. It's got everything. It's got nudity. There's some sex involved. There's some gross stuff, some like fetal juice and vaginal juice slopping all over diarrhea i mean it's got it all it's got it all right alcohol there's alcohol in there well there were drugs because you had to use medication on the pets right on the animals sex drugs and alcohol did it have and it had rock and roll i feel like there was some music involved
1: yeah definitely rock and roll you're a big fan of
0: mountain dew
1: right Yeah, I actually don't drink Mountain Dew anymore because you know where we're from, we're pretty prone to type two diabetes. So when I got pregnant, I just stopped Mountain Dew. But I do love it. I still think it's nectar of the gods. Yeah,
0: it reminds me of like the good old days. You know, it's you know every every vet student has taken their share of Mountain Dew to get through something, right? When you're cramming at the last minute, but it is like a banana peel slippery to the diabetes, right?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. But it's like when your mom used to take you to the doctor and you get a little present after you go to the doctor to reward yourself. And I'm like, I feel like that in vet medicine. You know, I mean, when we took a test, we drank a Mountain Dew to reward ourselves. We did a call. We drank a Mountain Dew to reward ourselves.
0: Yeah. So are you ready to play the game? Sure. So, this is going to be fun. And hopefully, these are not questions that you've been asked before. So, first question if you could go into a time machine and go anywhere in the past or the future, where would you go?
1: I would definitely go to the past because I'm definitely not one of those sci fi type people. I think if I could go to the past, this sounds terrible, but I would actually go back to the Civil War because. I would want a firsthand view of what those people were thinking and feeling at the time. I don't know why any sane person would go back into a war zone, especially a primitive war. I'm also fascinated by the way they practiced medicine then. So yeah, I would go back to the Civil War.
0: They didn't have um antibiotics. They didn't. They had morphine though. They had morphine. That's when they started learning about amputations. Would be in Civil War. A lot of the amputation techniques. Well, interesting. I definitely would not want to go there, especially as a woman, like a modern woman, because you might not be coming back.
1: The place that I used to live here, they used to do Civil War reenactments, and so largest cavalry battle of the civil war so they would bring a thousand horses here for the battle of trevillians it's called and all the reenactors would pitch their tents so i felt like and i lived in a, a little cottage with slate shingles so i would step out onto the porch and see the smoke coming up out of the tents and see the horses tied and i felt like i was there and it was so surreal And they called me the doctor. They would come if like one of the horses had a problem or somebody got shrapnel stuck in their hand. They would be like, we're coming for the doctor. And I'm like, "Okay, you're going to bite a rag and drink some whiskey because this is kind of how this goes. Now that you've got us all trapped in here, it kind of is like we're in the Civil War. It just made me want a little taste of it a little more. Okay, but from a
0: safe (laughs) safe distance, right? Yeah, from a safe distance. Next question is, say I drove up to your house right now in an Airstream, handed you the keys. You had two weeks off from work. You did, Let's say a month. You have a month off from work, unlimited funds. You could drive that Airstream anywhere. Where would you go and who would you take with you and what would you do?
1: I've thought about this a lot because I have a seven-year-old daughter. So I would chunk my seven-year-old daughter into that Airstream and I would take her to every national park that we could get to in the United States of America. Every single solitary one of them. Because I I think they're resources that we're lucky to have. And I don't think that they're unlimited. Let's put it that way. So I would love to be able to just take off that much time from work that we could go and see all of them.
0: Oh, that'd be great. That'd be so much fun. Next question. I'll play off of this one. You have a luxury kitchen there, too. So what kind of foods would you bring with you, like your favorite foods that you would have on your Airstream?
1: Well, for Lucy, it would be chicken nuggets and french fries. And for me, I like all different kinds of foods. So but if I had to bring it on an Airstream, hmm, macaroni and cheese, <laughs> melt Dew. But no, really, I eat everything. I would spice it up maybe at every stop, like restock. And I like to eat colloquially. So, you know, wherever I was at and find out what food they ate, that's what I would eat.
0: Okay, great. Okay. Next question. As I'm like your number one fan, probably the number four fan, because I know your family's up there, but I'm super fan, fanned out on your book. It was very gross. Okay, so out of all the gross experiences, and I expect there's probably some gross experiences that were not in the book, what is the grossest thing that you have ever done or experienced, probably in your job, (laughs) but ever? Like, what is the grossest thing? And this is going to be pretty gross based on the book.
1: Of course, this has happened more than one time. But I was trying to get like a rotten calf out of a cow. And when I got the last piece out, like her rotten afterbirth. And, you know, I'm laid behind her on the ground and her rotten afterbirth came out. And even some of it went into my ear hole. I mean, you can't get that smell out and it's in your ear hole, which is very close to your nose holes, you know? So that was like the gift that kept on giving for a while. And I was like, I don't know why I paid money to do this. You know, I mean, rotten afterbirth is just even the calf being rotten is not nearly as nasty as that stupid afterbirth.
0: It just stinks. Uh, I knew. Yeah. Well, that's like probably the grossest thing anyone's ever said because you got us over all of us on this one. So pretty gross.
1: I'm like, why don't you come to somebody who actually has a dirty job? You know, like he was doing like chicken sexing one day, like, you know, gender identifying chickens. And I'm like, That is the cleanest job I've ever seen. But, yeah, I think he needs to come to somebody with an actual dirty job.
0: Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just getting a note. We have to go to commercial break. So, you guys keep listening and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Are you ready to unmask
1: the opioid crisis and uncover the vital role of veterinarians in the battle against it join me clay palmer for unmasking the opioid crisis a veterinarian's vital role unveiled presented by vet candy and brought to you by covetris in this enlightening podcast series i will take you on a journey through the layers of the opioid crisis and talk about the role veterinarians play to help protect their patients communities and even themselves together we'll unravel the complexities engage in insightful discussions, and gain valuable insights. Stay tuned for a podcast that empowers, educates, and unites us in the battle against opioid misuse. Don't miss Unmasking the Opioid Crisis. Tune in on Vet Candy on a podcast platform of your choice, and let's make a difference together. Brought to you by Covetris and presented by Vet Candy.
0: So next question is going to be a would you rather. Would you rather eat a teaspoon of that rotten afterbirth or go to that guy who has all those snakes in his basement and hold one of the largest snakes that he has after you've been vaccinating those cats? (laughs) Rather go hold one of the creepy guy snakes. (laughs) Because you got a chance, right? You got a chance. (laughs) But what if you're wearing a cat suit? And you smelled like cats, and you were holding the biggest one. If you smell
1: like the cat, I think you're up the creek without a paddle. You know, if you smell like the cat,
0: that would probably not go well. And then for you guys who've not read the best book in the world, Driving Home Naked, you got to check it out. In this, in the book, it talks about how she had a call to this guy who had hundreds of snakes in his basement, right? And you thought that he was going to kidnap you, feed you to the snakes, and then people were going away. There was going to be all these stories like, whatever happened to Dr. Melinda? Hey, you could have been a Netflix, one of those Netflix documentaries. What happened to Dr. Melinda? The last time she was seen, <laughs> she was drinking the Mountain Dew at 7-Eleven. Then they found her truck at the airport. That's what he would have done. He would have taken your truck and dropped it off the airport. The strange thing was there was no stranger DNA. There was no DNA. There were no fingerprints. And we all knew Dr. Melinda was messy. (laughs) So next question. Have you had any other situations where you thought you would end up as a documentary? Yeah, there's been a few
1: like Hatfield and McCoy situations that I've rolled up on, you know, because... When you go in there at nighttime on a weekend, especially if it's a holiday, especially if it's a drinking holiday, you know, say 4th of July or Memorial Day, when people don't really know what the holidays mean, but they know that they're off the next day. So they go get hammered and then you've got to come deal with the goat, you know, because it ate some of their weed or it ate, you know, a beer bottle or what have you. You run up on some of those situations where people like they're either having a feud with each other, their neighbors, or there's a you know baby mama drama thing that you're now in the middle of because you just because you're there taking care of a goat or something. I had a situation with euthanizing a dog. Like, so this, this man called me to come euthanize his dog young man, and I went to his house to euthanize his dog and here comes his mom running across the yard, ready to like chop my head off with a knife. Because she thought I shouldn't be euthanizing the dog that I was a killer. And I'm thinking, that is the pot calling the kettle black lady You coming at me with a knife and how am I the killer? But it was an awkward, awkward situation. So, um, yeah, I've been in some weird situations where I felt just like I was in the middle. Because you're at their house, you know, you're in the middle of their drama.
0: Oh my God. You know, there's a lot of haulers in West Virginia. I wouldn't go, even as a native, I wouldn't go down for sure. And I have a cousin who's a McCoy, by the way, on his mother's side. I'm sure I'm related to both sides though. So speaking of goats, your next question is, what is the strangest thing like your client goat has eaten or done?
1: I got a call the other day that a goat had eaten a screw, like on the emergency line, which I'm like, Uh, They're kind of taken back when I'm like, really, just one screw? You know, that's no big deal. I had these goats one time. So we call it the high rent district outside of Charlottesville, but it's where the billionaires live, not the millionaires, billionaires. And so these two little goats broke into this old man's library. And they ate all the books. And I mean, we're talking like he probably had like the original Snow White. It's not my library that you could replace off of Amazon, right? It's like the original series of Black Beauty. And these goats went to town on this library. So they got deported. I don't really, I didn't ask a lot of questions about where they went. I did not give them blue juice. I'll just say that. I don't know where they went, but they they went far, far away.
0: Oh, Well, what was he doing letting his goats in his library? I don't think he let me. I think, you know, maybe his wife. They're probably having marital problems, right? And she's like, I'll fix you. You don't care about me. The only thing you care about is those books. So I'll fix you. It seems like there's a joke in there, right? Like there's something, I don't know. Were they uh, dwarf goats? In my mind, I feel like they were dwarf. Okay, you know, I never thought of that. We let our goats in the house once in a while, and they mainly just ch- like they just go to the fruit bowls and stuff. Goats do eat books. I found a Jenny B book in the yard that had been eaten, and I, I like. Have you ever tried to read a magazine around a goat? No. <laughs> it's like you can't read it around the cat because the cat lays on it, and if you read it around the goat, the goat eats it. So you see a lot of species. Um, Next question is, what's your favorite species and why? Uh, My favorite, I guess, will
1: always be the Holstein cow, you know, because that's what I grew up with. I'm just partial to them because they're like gentle giants. I mean, they could kill you, but they're not going to kill you. If they're mean, they've got a brain tumor or something, you know what I mean? They work harder than most any animal, like I mean, if you really look at the amount of milk produce, they produce for their body size, they work harder, they complain the least, and they're gentle giants. I mean, frankly, I just, I love them.
0: And they have the be- most beautiful eyes, right? Cow eyes are like the most beautiful eyes. Yes, yes. What do you think about this trend of these little micro cows? I don't know what breed they are, but they're, have you seen them on, on Instagram?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, they're crazy because they're mutant freaks, you know? I mean, I don't know how a nice way to say it because, you know, I mean, I've I've worked on those miniature cows and just a true miniature, like miniature, like a Dexter or something like that, a, a Scotch Highland, they're not miniature miniature. They're just made for smaller countries like Ireland and Scotland and those places. They're very versatile and they're very productive. These little micro mini cows, they're actually terrible. I mean, to me, they don't serve a purpose. Like trying to make a pet out of a cow and keep their weight right and keep their feet right, it's hard enough, you know. So when you make them a pet that's non productive, the reason they're that small is because they have chondrodysplasia, right? They have a genetic defect that makes them that small. And so when you cross two of those that are recessive like that, You can a lot of times get a terminal cross. So there are lots and lots of calves that die to produce one that lives.
0: That is so sad. There's this family I follow on Instagram. They have two, they have a male and a female. Oh my God, they're probably, I never thought about that. That's so sad. They're not that not productive because the mom, the owner, like she brushes their hair and then she curls it and she puts decorations on their head. And they're so cute. They're so cute. And they're ridiculously expensive. They're almost as expensive as a French bulldog. We're going to start talking about that. That's interesting. But then again, they're a cow and they're going to poop like big piles of cow poop everywhere. Do they milk them? All those small ones are
1: non-productive because you can't breed them. You know, I mean, they're so mutated, you can't actually breed them. So you're breeding lots of other things to get them. I know people will be like,
0: oh, that's terrible for you to say, but it's just the truth. Another person I follow on Instagram has, uh, I know you don't see chickens, though. You don't see chickens, right? The
1: girl that works with me, my associate veterinarian, she does see some chickens and she's very
0: knowledgeable about birds. Have you noticed how popular chickens are? Like, everybody has a chicken. Yeah. If you don't have a chicken in certain areas, you're like, you're trashy.
1: Right. And the hard thing to figure out for me is like, how do you charge someone to work on a chicken? Because the chickens, you know, especially a long time ago, they weren't worth a lot of money, but they're productive and they're very good livestock to own for what they produce for you. But yeah, I'm like, what do you charge someone? No, you know, no good God-fearing Southwest Virginian would ever call a veterinarian a chicken. Hence why I know how to kill chickens, how to eat chickens. I'm like, I know that chickens make eggs, but I mean, I just don't medically speaking, like if there was a problem with the chicken, we ate the chicken, you know what I mean? Or we didn't eat the chicken. We said it's too sick to eat, you know? Yes, I think there's a place For preventative medicine for chickens? Absolutely. I mean, I had a friend here one night that she called and wanted me to work on a chicken and I was out doing something else. So she said, I'll take it to my small animal bit. So she spent $200 on the chicken and then the fox ate it that night
0: well we had a chicken that got stuck in it we had an ikea like outdoor furniture i should sue ikea for this and my chicken got her leg stuck so we had this chicken and she couldn't move her leg and i was so you know nobody would see her so we we went on youtube and we found that if you put them in a chicken wheelchair that they can they can be better so we got a shirt we put it over a clothes basket, put little holes in it for her at her legs and put food and water in front of her. So she had like a chicken wheelchair and she did really good. But then she got sort of depressed because she wasn't seeing her other chickens. Like I would have to take her out in a wheelchair so she could see other chickens. And she parked up 30 days later. or <laughs> Can you believe we did this for 30 days? She was able to walk. Because we we first saw her, we thought, oh, my God, we couldn't eat her. Well, I couldn't kill her, you know. I'd have to take her to my neighbor who would have eaten her. Well, she wasn't really a good chicken, but she was beautiful. She wasn't very friendly. Like, she's not one of the most friendly chickens. But eventually, I think she was eaten by a fox. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, mostly what for a sick chicken is
1: isolate TLC for however long they need it. And they either get better or they get worse. You know, I mean...
0: Or they get eaten. But they're just so fascinating. I love looking at them. And they're just... I mean, they're supposed to be the closest relative to a dinosaur. And if you look at their feet, they're just gorgeous. But, you know, you can't get too attached to them because they do get eaten. I mean, by foxes. And and there's these things called fishers, fisher cats or something out here. I don't know what else. And we have coyotes. I saw, oh my God, I saw a coyote grab one of our little baby um, chickens once and took off like running with it. It was awful. So your next question is, what is the best piece of advice that anyone has given you?
1: I think the best, one of the best pieces of advice that a teacher gave me, I mean, I was young and I wrote about this a little bit in my book, but we were Young enough that the teacher was like, "What would you all like to be when you grow up?" And we were all looking at each other like, "We don't know how. Do, how do you know? How do you know?" And she said, "The way you know is," she said, "Let me just ask you this question." She said, "What's the first thing you wake up thinking about in the morning?" She's like, "That's your passion," and she's like, "That's probably where you need to be thinking about going for your career." And I'm like, "Wow, really interesting." So. I ask lots of student groups what that are, you know, a lot of kids these days seem to be waffling on what they really want to do for their career. Tell them that. I'm like, what's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning?
0: Breakfast. I think of breakfast. <laughs> or I think of a way I can eat breakfast quietly without anybody bothering me <laughs> for a few minutes. You not have to make everybody else breakfast. The key is you have to do it when you're young. <laughs> Oh, whenever someone else makes your breakfast. That's true. Because now it's like, when I wake up, I think, oh, I want to eat breakfast. I don't want them around me so I can just like eat and not have to make their food. And then I'm thinking about to clean the house and do the dishes. So, but that's true when I was younger and someone else did that. So I would think about like, what's the dog doing? What's the cat doing? But I do like in the morning, we have, we actually have horses now. And every morning I'm thinking, I wonder what the horses are doing. You know, I wonder if they're hungry. I wonder, you know, they're probably like staring at our door (laughs) waiting for someone to bring in some hay but then then i think about breakfast and uh doing the dishes so okay next question is is there a movie that you could watch over and over and over again and never get sick of it
1: i could probably watch fried green tomatoes like 85 billion times
0: it's actually on netflix right now
1: yeah i saw that i was like cool i haven't seen it forever
0: now who is your celebrity
1: crush My celebrity crush is actually Temple Grandin. I've gotten to be friends with her through this book thing. So she was the first person to endorse the book. And she's so personable. Like if you call with a question or you put a request into her, she will call you back. So I hand delivered this. Nobody calls you back these days. Have you noticed that? And not even their agents. Like if you reach out to an agent, you don't get even an email saying thanks for checking in. No, nothing. So I hand delivered that manuscript and she called me back herself. And I was like, just starch struck. I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought it must be a joke. Right. We did some meetings and things together. We've shown up at some of the same places. And so we kind of have become friends. But I'm just mesmerized by her, really, because she is such a celebrity and she doesn't act like it. You know what I mean?
0: Would you know there's a movie about her based on based on her life with Rachel McAdams? Have you seen it?
1: Yeah, Claire Danes played her. And so she Oh, I thought
0: it was Rachel McAdams. Oh, it was Claire Danes. Claire
1: Danes. And she got to go to Claire Danes' apartment in New York and spend time with Claire Danes. So all the Temple has meeting through her journey. It's just like
0: amazing. Yeah, cool. And then here's your last question. You have an unlimited budget. You can go anywhere in the world. And you can do anything you want for usually I say 24 hours, but I'm gonna give you one week. Where would you go? Who would you take with you? And what would you do and what would you
1: eat? Oh, I would go. There's this little island called Wakatobi. So there's a little group of us here that scuba dive together. So I would take anybody if I had an unlimited budget, I would take, of course, the nuclear group of scuba divers that um, scuba dive together and anyone else who wanted to go scuba dive. And we would spend a whole week there scuba diving. And and it takes so long to get to Wakatobi. I'm sure we would have to stay there for a whole week. But I guess like the food there would be a lot of fish and fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's just the most beautiful place I've ever seen. You'll have to Google it. I mean, that's just our the, the thing that we dream about, like if we ever become a billionaire,
0: that's what we would do. Because,
1: I mean, it'd probably take more than a million dollars for all of us to get over
0: there, to Wakatobi. Okay, now I have to look this up. Wakatobi, where is that? It says Snorkeling Heaven in Indonesia? Yeah, it's as
1: far away from here as you can get. I think that might be how we got to Wakatobi. And it
0: just happens to be beautiful. Okay, hold it right there. Let's take a break and go to our sponsor and we'll come right back and finish this conversation. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy.
1: Betcandy makes learning fun with the most exciting experts on the planet. Become a Betcandy member for exclusive access to our library of more than 100 studio qualities and race-approved videos taped in 4K. Say hello to streaming and goodbye to boring webinars with us. Plus, members can connect with specialists and licensed
0: mental health care experts on our forums and get answers to your burning questions with our knowledge database. You can even create a custom learning plan, keep track of your progress, and track your CE credits all in one spot. Your personalized learning journey starts with us.
1: What are you waiting for? Sign up today at myvetcandy.com.
0: You made the questions, 21 questions. So if somebody want to get in touch with you, where's your social media thing where someone could get in touch with you?
1: On Facebook, I'm just Melinda McCall. And then Instagram, we're at Driving Home Naked. A YouTube channel that's Driving Home Naked, but I'm going to caution you. We are not the only ones. And those other people are not the people you want to see naked. So, you to be sure, you type in "driving home naked book" or something like that to get on our YouTube channel. There's only a few things on there. You can always email us at drivinghome naked at gmail But it pretty much, if you're in doubt, just do at driving home naked and you'll get us.
0: Okay, I was just Googling that. And there are a lot of people you don't want to see driving home naked. And then also, this this book is amazing. I think everybody should read it. But definitely, if you're a veterinarian, if you're, I feel like every vet student, this should be like a textbook you have to read. And I think it would, you know, reading it would probably get people to to go into large animal medicine. So I got mine from Amazon. I hate Amazon. Like I have an Amazon ban. We had an Amazon free Christmas. I don't like them, but but I did go back and order this book because it was the easiest way to get it. I got it on Kindle. You can probably get it at most bookstores. So if, if they don't have it, they could order it, right?
1: Yes. You can order it from pretty much anywhere you order books online. And then it's not in a lot of physical stores. Um, but you can, if you email me at driving naked at gmail.com, I can send you a signed copy from my house and, It just costs a little bit extra for the postage, but I'm always happy to send out a signed copy if you email me your address. So there's lots of places to get it. Bookshop is a good place. If you like to buy books, but you don't really like to play the Amazon game, Bookshop will let you name your local bookshop and give them some of the proceeds. So that's a great way to buy books if you like to support your local stores.
0: Well, you should have told me that before. I buy it from (laughs) Amazon, but now I'm stuck with it. But thank you so much for being on the show. And listeners, you know, next week, I think we have Cornell vet student Jeremiah Pouncy, who's going to be on and tell us about his coolest thing. He has a company that sells water and the water actually raises money for philanthropy. So I was like, oh my God, how could anyone compete with this guy to get into vet school? You had no choice. I mean, I bet it's really hard to get into vet school now. And somebody has a philanthropic company and that's on their application. Like me, as cleaning up diarrhea and vomit in the kennel i don't think i could get into vet school now with these people but he's going to be on the show next week so thank you for listening and we'll see you next week bye it's vet candy. Candy. candy it's vet candy radio